Do you know how many studio albums the Spice Girls actually released? Is it seven? No, it's not. It's th- oh. three. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess I'm not, I'm not that surprised because I, when I think of the singles I know, there's not that many, actually. There is for me. There's quite a few, but they're all crammed onto their first two albums. Well, they did the Jacko of just every song was a single. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. They were that, they're all that good. They did the Bee Gees for a less obsessing comparison. They, I haven't they, checked. Did, they did a Jimmy Savile and uh, <laughs> every, every song a single. <laughs> they did an Adolf Hitler and just every... They did a right John Wayne Gacy. They used every part of the animal. <laughs> Also, not for nothing, but this is the album cover for the the Japanese album cover for their f- debut album. I've just sent it via WhatsApp. Is it Arnold Schwarzenegger's face? It's not. Okay, there's that picture of Minsik Choi. <laughs> the one I send you every morning. <laughs> Still here. <laughs> yeah. You see that? That's pretty it good. It looks like a fucking perfect circle album cover. <laughs> I'm enjoying that, mate. <laughs> What's in that? What's this going to be? I mean, that definitely looks like alternative rock or like goth. That, that looks like early noughties. Alt rock. Yeah. It's, it looks like a filter album cover or something. <laughs> it doesn't speak of the girl power. <laughs> that Unless, do you know what? These it's, women are proponents of. It's kind of a grayscale wedding ring. Maybe it's about the oppressive shackles of matrimony. Oh shit, it could definitely be that. Could be a cock ring though. that's quite literally bringing you everything. I'm Salty Spice. I sense the vibes. This week we shall be controversially discussing Spice World. Columbia Pictures presents The Spice Girls. All right, we're coming. In their film debut, Victoria, Emma, Mel B, Jerry, and Mel C. They're ready for action. Girl power. They're dressed to kill. Shaken or stirred. Rock your world. And spice up your life with the Spice Girls. Spice World. That Spice Girls movie there was. This was the Spice Girls? Yeah, that's who they all were. Fuck me, imagine if they came across this particular cultural artifact with no prior knowledge of who the Spice Girls were. I watched Spice World, the David Lynch documentary about (laughs) about the behind the scenes of June. That could legitimately be called that. <laughs> I had a very different experience. No less funny. Richard E. Grant was in it. Yeah, just playing um, David Lynch's manager. You don't have a private life. You have a contract. All right, try and calm down. Oh, he's Ronnie Corbett. Fuck, everyone's going to be Ronnie Corbett today. <laughs> it's a Ronnie Corbett day. Says Paul Salt. Aim for fucking um, Bream and you'll get you'll get David Lynch. That's the, that's the only way I can do it now. Shoot for the shoot for the bream. Shoot for the bream. Because even if you fail, you hit a lynch. I'll wear the little Gucci dress. Look at all of you in the audience. You disgust me. <laughs> That's not the scene we had in mind, David. I love you each filth. and every one of you. Please share in my <laughs> nightmares. You're so good for me. <laughs> now, this film was not directed by David Lynch, but instead oh. by Bob Spears, oh, who previously yeah. brought you previously brought you the second season of Faulty Towers. <laughs> And that darn cat. Remember those? That darn cat. <laughs> it's the second time I've mentioned that darn cat in five yeah, episodes. Yeah, I know. Horrific oversight on our part. You absolute monster. <laughs> you disgust me, sir. <laughs> As entertainment, it's insulting. <laughs> oh, fuck me. The film was written by seeing double screenwriter Kim Fuller who also wrote oh, all three of the S Club TV projects. So she really was the auteur behind those characters. Fantastic. <laughs> you, really, you feel her stamp on it, <laughs> yeah. on the face of this film. Yeah, here she's written a fucking fever dream. Uh, speaking of which, Mad Dog, uh, Roger Ebert of the Chicago Sun-Times, <laughs> in comparing the film scathingly to The Beatles' A Hard Day's Night, says the huge difference, of course, is that The Beatles were talented. While, let's face it, the Spice Girls could be duplicated by any five women under the age of 30 standing in line at Dunkin' Donuts. Fuck me. Wow. Okay. 
<laughs> you are a mad, you are a mad dog. You're a <laughs> you're a mangy rabid dog, Roger. You're, cra- you're a crazy son of a bitch. I love you. <laughs> the Beatles film played off the personalities of the Beatles. The Spice Girls have no personalities. Their bodies are carriers for inane chatter. Aww. The Beatles film had a great music had such great music that every song in it is beloved all over the world. The Spice Girls music is so bad that even Spice World avoids using any more of it than is absolutely necessary. I love that idea of just, okay, scientifically, how much can we include before people just will not fucking take it? Even people who have paid to see a Spice Girls movie. How much before they're just not going to put up with any more of this? Even even Spice, Spice Girls fans have a limit. <laughs> and that limit is yes. That's why all of their gigs were three songs. And then, <laughs> then everyone called it a night. Spice Girls, I love this. This is the best. Oh, I love this track. I love this track too. Oh, I don't know how I'm feeling about this one. I love it, but it's feeling a bit weird now. Oh, it's over. Thank God. <laughs> it's getting a bit much. Now, now, now. The film is, however, enjoyed by regular folk. And it's something what? of a cult classic. Mrs. Yeah. L. Black on Amazon says, I was a true Spice Girl fan as a child. And yes, I ordered this, but not for me. For my daughter. Because I fucking hate her. It was intended as a joke, but she loves it, which I'm over the moon about. Ha ha. Now, mm. buying joke, not real presents. <laughs> something that kind of people in their 20s will do to each other when you buy them a trashy romance novel or something. Mm. For a kid, it's a bit of a conceptual leap that you're expecting them to make. You're setting a precedent as well. <laughs> oh, thanks, mummy. I love this. Do you? <laughs> Twat. Fucking idiot. <laughs> Wait, am I supposed to like this? Or... I don't even know anymore. <laughs> Sweetie, always react insincerely to everything you're given. It's the only way to protect yourself. That's the lesson from me, Mrs. L. Black. In her five-star review, Mrs. C. Boucher off Amazon raves as described. <laughs> Slow down, love. <laughs> God, the enthusiasm. The sheer naked love. <laughs> This, all this girl power is really going to their heads, I think, mate. <laughs> oh, I think I could write a Spice Girls song. Giving you everything, you're as described. <laughs> That's what it says on the tin. <laughs> Getting a bit Chaz and Dave at the end there. <laughs> <laughs> you're lovely, jubbly, as described. Rabbit, rabbit, rabbit. Spice Girls, Spice Girls, Spice Girls. Always fucking easy. talking. God, you ever read the lyrics of that song? It's unbelievable. Anyway, in spite <laughs> of fan adoration, uh-huh. the film has 35% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, I must be wrong. 32 on Metacritic, and I didn't finish this sentence. Didn't even finish it. Mm. Tell you what, though, the film was nominated for a litany of Golden Raspberries, winning only one oh. Worst Actress for The Spice Girls, the horrific single-minded en- <laughs> entity. We are Legion. Ooh, <laughs> we, we are many. Legion. We are Spice Girls. <laughs> Tonight is the night when five become one, <laughs> and then ten become one, and then twenty become one. Yellow man in Timbuktu. I mean, oh, this is problematic now. <laughs> I heard that lyric. What the fuck was that? We sat up in the mid- in the middle of this performance and went, "Hang on, <laughs> look, look, you know, you saw under the silver lake. You know who wrote these songs. You know what kind of depraved mind is it writing all this shit? Just for a fucking moment, I thought your hood was hair because the darkness went, and I was like." A minute, did Paul turn into a fucking Kurt Cobain type whilst I wasn't paying any attention? Yes, yes, he did. <laughs> the 90s just drew, we've all turned into our 90s equivalents. I look exactly like Tony Blair, <laughs> and uh, Cummins turned into a grime rocker. Yeah, at my heart, I just I just want to wear jeans all the time. <laughs> I just want to move Labour to the right, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of two-men, no three-men, but some very exciting progress for uh, some big players, I think. There's some exciting things coming up. I can't wait for our next uh, UK 90s sex comedy because they're <laughs> all going to come in. Yeah. The next one that stars fucking Barry Humphreys. <laughs> so, Paul, you wanna be? Whoa, whoa. Why don't you want to wear the little Gucci dress? Richard E. Grant could wear that Gucci dress and no one else would ever have to wear it again. <laughs> He's... He is stellar in this. He is a shining star. He sure fucking is. God almighty, that man. That man, that gorgeous man. God, he was beautiful as a younger man. You forget this. You forget this because of his burning intensity, but he was a handsome drink of water. So, you forget this because of Corbin, but (laughs) the facts are there. They're trying to rewrite history. Now, (laughs) we always assume, we make all these jokes just assuming that everyone out there is aware of our actual positions on things. I don't no, think I think... I was just out there going like, these people are monsters. <laughs> I, I think it's best just to 
make jokes about everything yeah. and then and then just have people guess <laughs> i wonder what paul actually thinks about That's... anything <laughs> the red letter media approach to <laughs> political commentary look the movie begins with bond style silhouetted figures and a saucy song Oof, it is saucy <laughs> We get the credit based on an idea by the Spice Girls and Kim Fuller. They had the, they got the idea. They got it eighty percent of the way. <laughs> and Kim Fuller, what she did is she just came in and just just took it over the line there. What's the idea of this film exactly? What's the elevator pitch for this? You just said it, mate. Film. I think that was the idea. <laughs> they came let's up do and do one of those. They came up and said us in a movie. And Kim Fuller was like, yeah, sure, I can do it. I can deal with yeah. the rest. I can deal with the details. You know, the, Thank- the minutia. Minutia. Thank <laughs> Christ she said binning the, the 15th seeing double draft. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking with that. Oh, well, it doesn't matter. Look, Elton, jo- Elton John. Alan Cummings is making an awful looking film. Yes. And what I want to do, I want to take my audience on a journey into the mind's eye of the Spice Girls. In this awful looking film, Alan Cummings is making an awful looking <laughs> film. Shot on VHS. <laughs> Straight onto... It's, it, it's a, he's got a microwave plugged into a VHS tape. <laughs> like, we're going to make this work, everyone. And f- finally, we meet the Spice Girls. Yeah, and they bump into Elton John. Great glasses, Elton. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you. Come on, girls. Go, go. Sorry, Elton. No way. Yeah. I hope this is a sign of things to come in this movie. No. Now, the Spice Girls are <laughs> desperately trying to avoid their fans by slipping out the back because they just... Oh, <laughs> fuck. They cannot deal with it. But oh, no. They've been spotted. Maybe it's because they parked their incredibly inconspicuous bus out the back. Their Brexit bus. <laughs> it's so lovely to see you all. 350 million pounds a week, everybody. <laughs> I didn't say that, actually. I think you'll find. Not once. <laughs> if you look... <laughs> Shit off. That is the Brexit bus now. You see, that's the thing about nationalism, everyone, is that they reclaim all the symbols. What could have been more British than the spice bus and it's just all we can't even have that anymore it's been banished to the isle of wight <laughs> oh christ they do an interview with jonathan ross oh what i don't have the faintest idea what that means but it's gonna be great I- he's not in the movie is he he's in he's the a real movie boy. i know and he's playing jonathan ross oh i've written the word americans thinking that that's enough of a prompt for me to be able to fucking guess <laughs> the joke i thought of oh oh wait here we go mate here we go Oh, Americans, eh? <laughs> oh, what they like? They must be so confused. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I mean, the, the, the writer? you've got um, not Jay from The Wire. That was it. it. I had to, I had to, that was a note for me to find out who the two Americans were. And I didn't. It, it's Norm from Cheers. Can you see the merchandising? Yeah. Norm from Cheers is there. Um, and his friend who looks like um, every Hollywood Mark screenwriter. Heap. Yeah, Mark Heap. American Mark Heap. <laughs> Crocodiles. Their manager is Richard E. Grant. We should probably explain the plot, not just me doing a relentless list of jokes. Yeah, they're, they're going on tour. They're driving around in their bus, awesome. going from gig to gig, yeah. preparing stuff, and Richard E. Grant is their manager, and yeah. um, his boss is played by Roger Moore! When the rabbit of chaos is pursued by the ferret of disorder through the fields of anarchy, it is time to hang your pants on the hook of darkness. Yeah. Whether they're clean or not. <laughs> what? Oh, no. plot, mate. Oh, God. You, you remember Alan Cumming and his film crew? Yeah. The cameraman's played by Spud Gun. Oh, he said he'd recognise you. Oh, off of bottom. Who? Says everyone. <laughs> Except for us. <laughs> Except for us, because we're amazing. <laughs> um, The guy from that Lee Evans comedy? You remember? <laughs> oh, yeah, great. <laughs> so what now it was called? It was, it was actually... Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, it was actually pretty funny. More than you deserve. <laughs> It's insulting. So, <laughs> you spineless squids. The girls um, are stuck to such a rigid timetable that it's actually painted onto the wall at the back of the bus. Completely yeah. unchangeable. It's literally printed up there. We have some banter between the ladies. You love it really, Emma. You play up to it all the time. No, I don't. Yes, you do. You're doing it now. I'm not. <laughs> yeah, people are really shallow. They only judge you on what you look like. Exactly. Did you know that the largest fish in the world is the manta ray? And then there's a little ginger one that is full of useless information about manta rays. I don't get it. Why do people stereotype us all the time? Oh, some some jabs. Oh, fuck yeah. Do you know what? Those personalities of sporty, scary, 
posh. Yep. I've left one out. And ginger. Those are just <laughs> those are just bound to you know the ginger personality. Yeah. Those are just bound to clash. Baby was the one I missed out. Baby is the one you missed out. I was I was waiting. I've got a friend who's a bit baby and it's just really hard, you know, the topic of um Brexit comes up and uh you know, mm. it's just they just want mushy peas. <laughs> I don't know where to but look. But then you try and you try and push that onto a posh, <laughs> and she and she will just literally stab you. <laughs> she'll shoot you with a grousing gun. <laughs> it's uh, she'll and, hunt and, you across and, and, a field whilst covered in blood because that's what our aristocracy is like. What's yours like? <laughs> they go to um, a recording studio to practice a song, which is being hosted by Jules Holland. <laughs> okay, let's do it once again, please. Fuck off. I know, that's the whole BBC late night lineup now. <laughs> what? They've got them all on board. Did, did the Spice Girls ever play uh, Jules Holland, Paul? Probably. I mean, what was Jules Holland back in the mid 90s? Nothing. Fucking <laughs> nothing, nothing. Nothing without a baby. <laughs> they cruelly mock a guy for getting a single note wrong. Be there. Hold on, hold on, what's going on? Sorry. What are you doing, Sorry, my fault. Sort your fingers out, Div. What have you done? Left your boxing gloves on. Throughout the entire thing, Mel B is dressed as an astronaut. <laughs> Why? I did um what came out of my mouth in that scene was, what is she wearing? And then Nell went, who? And I went, oh, that's a good point. <laughs> I don't know anymore. But like I think most of them are on point for their usual costumes. Baby's dressed exactly like a baby in a pink cocktail dress. <laughs> uh, posh is dressed like a posh lady who's been to Aldi. Blood-soaked jodhpurs. But Scary's wearing it. Is it about the sort of fear of technology in the future? <laughs> space, space dementia. It's um, <laughs> existentially threatening. Scary Spice is taking her, her brief to dress frighteningly way too seriously. <laughs> She's planning a costume that represents what postnatal depression, <laughs> and it's just not on. We can't have her wearing that at Wembley. Costume by David Lynch. <laughs> it's more than you deserve. <laughs> That's getting pretty fucking good, man. <laughs> um, if I do it every minute in this it's episode, it's bound to get better. Oh fuck me. Anyway, not everyone's on side with the Spice Girls though, because that's what we've demonstrated so far is the overwhelming support that they have. Barry Humphreys! Spice Girls split up! Think how many copies of the paper will sell with a headline like that! Oh. Transphobic former Australian love heart Barry Humphreys, fantastic. He's here playing a Rupert Murdoch type with his uh, PA, Jason Fleming. You told us to write that story, Kevin. <laughs> I, I, when I saw Jason Fleming, I went, oh, brilliant. He's a two-man. He was in X versus Sever. Of course, I mistook him for Ray Park. <laughs> <laughs> they are similar kind of concepts, but Jason Fleming is good, is the thing. <laughs> this, this must have been like the year after Lockstock, right? Must have been. Fantastic. Whoever directed this, whoever, like his name isn't printed in front of me, whoever that fucking maverick was, must have been watching Lockstock and was like, oh, Vinnie Jones? No, we can't get him. I'll get the other one then. Get any of the others then. He gives a fuck. Hugh Laurie? <laughs> Hello, ladies and gentlemen. For horrible moments, perpetrated by the same ruthless psychopath. He shows up in like a, a, a dream, like a, like a wonderful dream. It's not even needed having. in the film. They're not even asleep, but uh, yeah, they they think about what would happen were Baby Spice to be involved in a highly contrived Poirot style situation with Hugh Laurie and Poirot's role. Well, the thing the thing is, is Baby's got such a strong baby personality. <laughs> She's got a babyanality. Personality of a baby. That they're exploring, you know, they're exploring the the problems with pigeonholing and stereotyping people and, and conforming <laughs> to you know, conforming to expectations. And Hugh Laurie's in it. <laughs> Exploring his ability to do a French accent. He's <laughs> sharing that with everyone. <laughs> well, it's time for a photography session. And Dominic West from the fucking wire? <laughs> Hold it there. Now give it to me. Sexy. Come on, energy. Smashing. Was it out at this stage? No, but presumably fucking Simon West saw this. <laughs> There's my McNulty. What the fuck did I do? Oh, brilliant. <laughs> He says that in this film. Not Rupert Murdoch hires the Crystal Maze to, um, it's Richard O'Brien! You again? Behind the bike sheds with Eileen Winters when you were 12? 
to... <laughs> oh, I Richard Ayoade. <laughs> <laughs> it has to be hosted by a Richard. That's the only rule of the Crystal Maze, and whoever figures that out will win the ultimate <laughs> Crystal Maze and will be allowed to leave. Y- you become the Crystal Maze. <laughs> you become the Crystal Maze, and if- now in Soviet Russia, Maze escapes you! So... <laughs> He, he plays a sort of evil and unscrupulous paparazzi who's going to create mild scandals around the, the Spice Girls. Yeah. In order to ruin G- them. Ginger, Ginger Spice went... <laughs> as paper spins to the front of the screen. <laughs> <laughs> Says Ginger Spice. Ginger, yeah. Sorry, the word ginger suddenly sounded wrong, so I made fun of myself for saying it. Ginger, <laughs> what a spaz. <laughs> Wait, am I marginalising someone here? I can't tell anymore. <laughs> Probably. Um, speaking of being marginalised, Sporty's not allowed to say what teams she supports and so very broadly speaks about football. <laughs> yeah, well, I should be the footy now. And if I'm not there and they lose... If they lose, when I get back to them, <laughs> I'll be upset about the victory they didn't get. Starts using, like, gender-neutral pronouns for, for a football team. <laughs> Go team! <laughs> Go. I support football. Come on, you team! She's, not, she's allowed to use her accent, though. So, you know... <laughs> That's that's her basically. That's all she's got. Yeah. They're, oh, it was nice of them to let her have that because they took it off Cheryl Cole. <laughs> anyway, they're at a big party. Jennifer Saunders, Bob Geldof, Peter Sissons, Richard Breers. These are his shoes. These are Manta Ray shoes. These are his, these are his glasses. What's wrong with the hair? Everybody's always going on about the hair. Yeah. The Spice Girls have cast doubt on the religious conviction of the Pope. I'd like to know what evidence the Spice Girls have to support these allegations. Oh. You're right, mate. Paul, do you want to take a minute? It's. I pulled my cameo muscle. <laughs> you should have had that taken out when you were young, mate. <laughs> I don't want to. No, I don't want to like drag the mood down. But you need to get that looked at. Actually, shit, God, it, take a break. It comes right out of go, my face as well. This might explain a lot, actually. Go and join the NHS queue, and <laughs> we'll come back and we'll reconvene once you've got that whole area scooped out. <laughs> I can't even remember. Richard Bryce... Oh, he's playing... Richard Bryce is playing, like, the uh, a bishop because the unscrupulous reporter manages to report. One of them says it's the Pope Catholic and they make it a whole, like, thing. Yeah. And so it becomes a hilarious gag. It does, doesn't it? It does, actually. <coughs> I can't remember if it's directly to sort of quell the fire, but they then go to Italy to record a thing, right? To perform a thing. Is that in front of the Pope to make him happy again? <laughs> That's what the Pope demands. <laughs> Mel B dresses up like an astronaut again, because why the fuck not? <laughs> and they all perform a Gary Glitter song. Fantastic. Yay! Oh, boy. I used to love Gary Glitter, mate. Oh, you'd have loved it. Oh, went... You'd have loved the cameo in this. <laughs> oh, yes. At this stage, the dancers in Milan all turn around, exposing their ass. Probably the first time I ever saw an ass, thinking about it. <laughs> I never looked at my own, you see. <laughs> Is when you realise that you had one as well. <laughs> oh, Christ. No! <laughs> Just tearing at myself in the cinema seat. <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> Just absolute disregard for children's sanity, the Spice Girls. <laughs> Meatloaf! <laughs> I love these girls, and I'll do anything for them. But I won't do that. Oh, he's, a bl- he's bloody in it, isn't he? Yeah, he's revealed at this point to be the driver of the bus. Yeah, that's great. I have a really, a real, the moment they get off that bus, I have like a fucking Nam flashback of like, <laughs> oh my God, it's the alien scene. What do you want with us? <laughs> like, I honestly probably hadn't thought about that in a good two decades. Oh. That took me a, took me a minute. I forgot about that completely. What <laughs> you the see? fucking scene that was? What the fuck was that? That was like a traumatic childhood incident coming back to me. This is Lynch, right? Oh, uh, David Lynch did direct this. Look, it's not that weird. Anyway, an alien tries to squeeze Melby's tits, and um, <laughs> everybody gets back on the bus, and it seems fine. Kids. Yeah. Michael Barrymore. <laughs> <laughs> Take that sweet out of your mouth! I'm trying to run away from the bullets. Right now. That's all I've got. That's all I've got for this movie. They go to dance camp and there's a, a an effeminate Michael Barrymore waiting to teach them how to dance. Um, But they're not going to dance like that. They're going to dance like... Well, they're going to do this motion anyway. That's kind of like a dance. Lots of very good dance in this in this movie, isn't there, Paul? <laughs> oh, I love it, Paul. Uh, the, the, the height of dance, I think, is, <laughs> is mid-90s. 
pop uh, like music video choreography all like it's only now that i appreciate why steps was marketed as such it's just like hey we're like the spice girls but we can we can dance like we can we can actually dance we can dance guys i feel like that was kind of a big deal it doesn't seem like anyone else did but it it felt like we had the choreographer in the in like in the ears of the spice girls in every gig just going okay you didn't know freestyle do your own thing (laughs) everybody freestyle immediately Oh, the army march song that they start singing is the first bit that actually makes me cringe. We're the Spice Girls, yes indeed. Just got power is all we need. We know how we got this far. Strength and courage in a wonder brow. Oh, really? You went, yeah, you went throughout, that long? Yeah, I know. Throughout all of the sort of awkward dialogue, I was able to distract myself with note-taking of all staring the at fucking your cameos and staring at my mum te- as she melted into the sand as she <laughs> turned into a pillow of salt. Yeah, that was the first bit that really made me just go, Ugh. I think it's related to... <laughs> I think I did it as a child as well, so it was yeah, it was a real nostalgia. Oh, that's you did well, man. I I've been sort of I've been squirming inside myself for about an hour at this stage. <laughs> Bob Hoskins. Oh. Girl power, equalization between the sexes. Hmm. Because at this stage we're getting skits related to the writer trying to pitch an, a Spice World movie. Yeah, and and Bob Hoskins is in it for no reason. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Thanks, mate. Can I be in your movie? Go on then, Bob Hoskins. <laughs> You're only going to be in another five films after this. I'm really glad that you spent some time on this one. Um, they pick up some young fans and they get to have a crazy 90s time. Whoa, a PlayStation that's not plugged into anything. Wow. <laughs> it's like it's like if Busted did gaming. <laughs> what, what fun. They go to uh, a body of water and there's a, pa- there's a cameo from the Docklands Light Railway. <laughs> wow. Didn't even know they were about back then. That's amazing. You see where their, their influences came from. <laughs> yeah, for anyone who's not aware of um, London as such, Docklands Light Railway is a, uh, po- a post-punk band that um, really got the sort of prog into the punk. <laughs> you think that wouldn't go well, like um, 12 minutes improvisations of a guy just screaming and shitting himself. But um, it, it was masterful. They, oh, they all fall in the river and then the Spice Girls save a couple of girls. Well, anyway, the Spice Girls at this stage have an argument with Richard E. Grant, and they all go off their own ways, I think. Baby Spice just throws some chips on the ground. On the ground! She doesn't even care! They all go their separate ways, and they have a flashback. Bill Patterson! So there we go, girls. That's six coffees, one pound fifty. Yeah, these cameos don't exactly escalate. (laughs) They ran out of quite, you know, of the big-name ones. And then they got the guy who would then go on to be Colin (laughs) Uanus. As it shall always be called. The anus, the anus film. Um, yeah, they have a flashback to the pub that they did completely failed to save. That they didn't use any of their influence or money to try and preserve. Bill Patterson is seen hanging in the distance, if you look carefully. Uh, they, have a fla- they have a sort of, I don't know, thought process that stars Stephen Fry. Oh. You are sentenced to 20 years of having to appear on cheesy chat shows in Taiwan talking about how you used to be famous just fuck off at this stage <laughs> just fucking get the fuck away from me at this stage this is awful this is like zombies of former loved ones coming back to get you oh a nice bar scene this will be nice elvis costello <laughs> so what can i get you gin and tonic please you made that a double uh, yes oh mate you know what we didn't notice uh, we didn't mention uh, what uh the pregnancy subplot oh their friend's pregnant and then she's she has she has birth they give birth. They take their heavily pregnant friend to a 90s, to the Ministry of Sound. <laughs> Which back in those days was in Westminster. <laughs> Which back in those days was in King's College Hospital. <laughs> she has about two, three minutes, not consecutive, mind, but in the film of, of going, oh, I'm pregnant. Oh, I love the Spice Girls. Oh, I wish they'd not hang around with, um, with Alan coming. But don't worry, at the Ministry of Sound, she can stand on a balcony and watch them have fun. I love being pregnant with the Spice Girls. <laughs> I'll, I'll do, I'll do, I will do it again, actually. I would. I would do it again. <laughs> well, Roger, Roger Moore basically has been telling Richard E. Grant to, to keep pushing the Spice Girls. He has many prophecies, and they need to keep, keep working and keep working. And uh, the Spice Girls go, no, we're going to actually spend some time helping our friend give birth. And, um, <laughs> In that and, Spice way that we do. And then we don't, we don't even care about missing the show. Uh, but yeah. they don't miss the show, and then the <laughs> film ends. Yeah, that's pretty much it. They, 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 there's a long scene of them racing towards uh, uh, Albert Hall, whilst the mm-hmm. screenwriter sort of 
very metally describes what's going on. Yeah, they they really they really forgot to space that meta stuff out <laughs> in the film, didn't they? <laughs> it's it's yeah, bottom heavy. But um I I like it that way. And <laughs> yes, they eventually come in. They r- and I cannot lie. They run up the steps. <laughs> I like stuff metatextual and I cannot lie. So they <laughs> they run up the steps and the Rocky theme plays, and it occurs to me this is probably the first time I've ever heard it. So that and men's butts was my main <laughs> takeaway from this as a child. And you saw when you finally saw Rocky with your mum, you looked up at her in wonder, <laughs> and as she saw you about to pronounce the of sp in spice, she just shook her head <laughs> and went, it's not that way around, Paul. <laughs> Did I think Sylvester Stallone's 1970s bittersweet masterpiece was referencing Spice World? <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> yes, I did. I was Paul Salt, the author of Cobra. So they get, they get to the gig and they perform and everything's fine. Of course it was. It never wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> there was nothing ever not fine There was fine no about conflict. It. it was fine. And everybody... Oh, that, t- that ticking clock though, Paul, of having to play a gig that they've always played. <laughs> everything's fine. Barry Humphrey slips into cultural irrelevance and everyone celebrates the mm. end. So that was Spice World. Yeah. World of Spice. World of the, the, the David Lynch Barry Humphreys docudrama. <laughs> what did you What did you make of it? Pretty cringy, pretty boring, Paul. Oh, I I would say cringy but not boring is my takeaway. I I cringy but still found it relatively entertaining. I think was how I to be fair came away with from it. To to be fair, it it was full of you know our plot retelling of this guy, this person. <laughs> yeah, you know it, it it was that, and there were loads of there were loads of moments where I turned flabbergasted to Nell and went oh my god it's this person they're doing this thing <laughs> but, but they managed to have moments of just pure grey boredom mm. in between okay it was like a, a tent that was held up in 78 different places but just <laughs> sagged in, in between every single point <laughs> oh my god this thing oh I'm not paying attention to this scene anymore <laughs> oh no it's this person I'm literally dead inside I think it's a film that knew its weaknesses and those weaknesses were the Spice Girls <laughs> They can sing and they can dance. Yeah. Well, they can they can perform Spice Girl songs. Well, we can give them that. Some of some of them can sing and some of them can do breaking <laughs> backing vocals. <laughs> and they can all just about shuffle. We're getting let's say mixed results with the acting and the comedy. So mm. let's surround these fucking girls with every crazy idea we've got. <laughs> and I actually imagine this is kind of like Jurassic Park, where you hear that there's only actually six minutes of dinosaurs in the entire film. Yeah. If you actually added up the time in this movie not committed to the mostly male supporting cast, Girl Power, or to them performing their songs, I'm guessing you'd have a pretty lean biscuit of a montage. It would be a biscuit you could eat on a diet. <laughs> it would be a wafer biscuit. It would be like those digestive chocolate digestive wafer biscuits they're selling now. It would oh, be... I hate that. Yeah, you need to eat two of them, really. So what's the fucking point? What are you trying to do, McVitie's? You need to eat eat at least two to feel the same guilt that you would with a regular (laughs) digestive. (laughs) Yeah, I I just... I mean, there is no fit. I mean, it's not not well written. And it's... um, (laughs) It's interestingly written. It's not boringly written for me. It's like... I mean, it barely feels written. It feels... I don't know, improvised. Yeah, well, I mean, what what is the the thrust of this movie? Is there one at all? It's, no. It's just the they're... Spice Girls fucking around. Yeah, that's definitely it. And there's something a little bit punk rock about that. You know, I the best I ever heard punk rock defined was on actually Charlie Booker's um, Games Wipe, where some yeah. Scottish guy was defining it in the context of like um, early computer programming. And he said that yeah. what, punk, what punk rock was all about was... Um, or what, you can't play a guitar? Fuck it, pick one up anyway. You know, that yeah. was... that. This feels yeah. very much like the movie of fuck it, pick it up anyway. Can't make a film, can't write characters, <laughs> can't tell a story. Fuck, fuck it, do it, do it, it anyway. anyway. This is a movie that, like, if you're... F- the Spice Girls were always defined as, like, what if your mates were in a band, right? That's kind of the yeah. nature of them. They were not polished, was the appeal. Yeah. I, and so <laughs> it's it's like the movie that your mates who are in a band would make. And there is, there's an appeal to that. And I think that, actually, that approach to the filmmaking process of, fuck it, let's just put as much as we can in here, really makes it compare favorably to something like Seeing Double. Yeah. Where not only did they only fill the f- the f- their film with S-Club, but they doubled the amount of S Club. Would, that there would was. the Sex Pistols have, like come on stage and be like, "All right, f- fuck the fuck the system, everyone. It's Mick Jagger. Welcome him, <laughs> welcome him on stage." <laughs> <laughs> Not even Mick Jagger. It's oh look, it's Ronnie Corbett. We've, got, we've, we've also got Elton John on to do a number. You know? Yeah, only not do a number, just be bumped into in a hallway. It, it's it's yeah, it's very much just sort of oh, oh, yeah. oh. 
what is is there much that's, that's punk rock about leaning on very like well established uh household yeah, names I, like, I, I guess you can see that as all a little bit cynical but i can't help but feel that i don't know just a little bit of affection for the people who did actually show up in this because it's very out of character for quite a lot of them <clears throat> I'd love to have seen the pitch to Look, Roger Moore. I liked Roger Moore. Just, in it. I, I, I think. Yeah, and, and, exactly. And everybody was definitely giving it their all. There was nobody, nobody in there who was who was just like, no, I'm in here doing a bloody thing for the Spice Girls, whoever they are. Good, good in spirit, yeah. and um, yeah, it, it is crap, but they tried, <laughs> and they had. Yeah, some fun. It's, it's. I'd say it's charmingly crap. Yeah. I think there's that's why as I'd a come cultural at it. relic, you can look at it and go, oh, oh. wow. I it's very interesting. This was this was Cool Britannia. This was the first year of Tony Blair's premiership. I mean, I'm just amazed that the cultural impact of the Spice Girls was so short. Because in my head, it's like they were the 90s. You know, they were the whole 90s. But really, they only really seem to occupy the cultural zeitgeist for about two years. And I think it's probably better that way. You know, if, if they kept releasing albums that just got progressively worse, then it wouldn't have. Sure. It wouldn't be this short sharp punch that people remember you know that left a bruise it would just be yeah just be that fucking friend you hate who will never leave you ever. <laughs> with that being the case yes this is an interesting monument to a surprisingly brief period of time so let's let's quick fire about it quick fire i think too much made for quite a good intro song it's kind of bondy with its weird sort of mm. melodic opening i did write um i love how crap this intro is <laughs> and I can't remember. Is it because it's it, the, the Spice Girls when their faces come on to the multicolor background? It's very blunt. Yes, it's it's very bad. Quite I flatly it's lit. It's it's endear- again charmingly crap. <laughs> Mel Mel C's a very good singer, and oh yeah, but she's she's my favorite actually. She's my favorite. You know Spice what? Girl. In the same way that um, as a boy, I used to like Rachel Stevens, but then I grew up and preferred mm. Tina. Um, yeah. As a boy, I do think I was into the Jerry. The Jerry Halliwell. Oh, yeah. But having grown, yeah. It's all about the Melsey. And I wonder what yeah. that says about my growing tastes and sophistications. You know, just just the nature of what it is I'm willing to wank over. <laughs> anything. Literally anything. Well, no, it's gone from anything to most. <laughs> and I think that's real progression are there um, things, in uh, my it, character. Are you seriously telling me that there are things that, things that you wouldn't wank over now? I don't believe you'd ever <laughs> take a step back and go, not this one. <laughs> just looking not at- this one. Looking I'm at, not a young man anymore. <laughs> looking at a car on fire. Mm, I'm still going <laughs> to give it a go. I've got the afternoon. I'm just projecting. It's interesting. Listeners at home, what do, what do you think? <laughs> right in. Two little details from the Roger Moore phone call. The first one. First of all, he gets angry at one stage and kind of barks mm. something. No! And I don't think I've ever seen Roger Moore angry, even in any one of his seven more, uh, Bond films. I almost said more films. His more Bond films. <laughs> They were just more films. It was just the daily life of Roger Moore. <laughs> and then when he hangs up the phone, Richard E. Grant's like, great, okay, yes. What did he say? Having a clue. <laughs> yeah. I, I really enjoyed the escalation in those yeah. scenes of him stroking various animals. <laughs> yes. I enjoyed uh, him and the piglet quite a bit. Yeah. There's one where he's just stroking the piglet and then there's an, the, the final one, he's feeding it with a bottle <laughs> and it is making yeah. really incongruous noises all the way through their conversation. <laughs> It's wonderful. What an yeah. adorable piglet. Um, thanks, Roger Aww. Moore. Thanks, Roger Moore. Great. When the movie, like movie Mark Heap, is pitching the Spice Girls movie to Norm from Cheers, and he says, um, it's yeah. the Spice Girls, there's five of them, and they're singers. And he goes, love it. We pitched this afternoon. <laughs> it's just good, good line. That was good, yeah. And whilst we're on good lines from the supporting cast... Um, Oh, fuck it. It's a shame to point out a thing that Barry Humphrey said funnily, but hey, he's got comedic timings as well as awful opinions. So at one stage, he said to Jason Fleming, and Fleming is just as responsible for how funny I found this, because it was a great back and forth. It was, um... Or if they find a cure for deja vu. Not me. Or if they find a cure for deja vu. Not me. Yeah, it no, was it was, good. it was made... I liked it. I thought as they were doing it, I went, oh, no, they're not doing this, are they? But it was the, the second, <laughs> not me, that did it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why that should make such a difference. I think it's just Fleming. It's like you're really committing to the bit. I also really liked Fleming. When the rain starts inside after he loses... Um, Humphrey's yeah. back loses his temper. Jason Fleming has a line and then has to just sort of stand there whilst the rain is sort of dripping yeah. down his face. Of just <laughs> yes, <laughs> just for a second. There's like a beat where it just stays on him as he's getting more and more damp, and he really sells it. Jason Fleming's better than Ray Park. 
I'll always say that. I'll never back down from that particular opinion. <laughs> the, the the line of Mel B's, sort your fingers out, Div, was uh, <laughs> a wonderfully British line. Yeah, I don't think I've heard Div maybe in 20 years. <laughs> Another Mel B line I quite like was, um, and again, it's, it's part of a very strange and slightly cringy bit where she's talking about the fish, um, mm. but at the end of which she just completely fucking trails off. And then you've got this ugly loser one. That reminds me of my ex-boyfriend, Stephen. Uh. Yeah, <laughs> there's quite a good uh, pause. Yeah, yeah, that was good. That where she's just, where she's just lost in thought, <laughs> and <laughs> just sums up her thought process with. Ugh. The thing is, right? I've written about seven hundred good lines down, and there because yeah. there are about fourteen hundred of them, and and there are seven hundred absolute stinkers and seven hundred great lines. <laughs> um, but there's another, there's one with Jules Holland where he's he's like coaching the band. And uh, they, yeah. they stop, and he goes. That was absolutely perfect, without being uh, actually any good. Once again, then. <laughs> that was good, and do you know what? That kind of reminded me of something that other Paul would say. Third Paul, Paul <laughs> Hawkins, who does the yeah. the filmily fortunes, reminded me of something that oh. he might say. And I liked it for that reason. Yeah, it's nice when they're just singing a Spice Girls song. Um, yes. I wrote that down when they were performing "Say You'll Be There," and it's just like, oh yeah, mm. this is why they were famous, not because of whatever it is. The, the rest of this Not that they're doing. Of Elton John. <laughs> it's nice. It's nice that the little girls and boys who showed up for this get to hear the songs yeah. as well. That's as well as Gary Glitter songs. Why were they? Why were they doing that? <laughs> it's a Spice Girls movie. Why are they covering any anyone's songs? At this point, they had two albums. You can't. There's not enough for a set list. You got to throw just, in the odd cover of like Vangelis or something. They, <laughs> <laughs> Mel C on the on the fucking theremin. <laughs> Take it away. She's Woo! kicking it. She's kicking it with her good kicks. <laughs> She's doing a backflip over the sensor. <laughs> <laughs> She's the goddamn best of the theremin. I don't care who knows it. I enjoy the name Kevin McMaxford of uh, <laughs> the, the the character played by Barry Humphreys when they're introducing Richard O'Brien, the photographer. Um, oh yes, and um, yes, his. I really liked his voice. Yeah, his yeah, John Lennon. It, 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 like, I just like when they're introducing him and. Like they were talking about the things that he can do, and one of them was like get yeah. a picture of a Teletubby doing a poo, and um, yeah. and then he he comes out and he's demonstrating his his talents, and he's he managed to get some really private pictures of Kevin yeah. McMaxford, including him yeah. like smelling his finger or something, and then there's one yeah it's like you in the lift picking your nose another bogey breakfast. But there's one here and it's like you behind the bike sheds with Eileen Winters when you were 12. When you were 12. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's the delivery for me. Richard O'Brien yeah. is just such a good comedic performer. Yeah. He does it really well. That's unfortunately the only really great scene he has. Yeah. The later confessional scene doesn't quite live up to well, it. He doesn't really do anything. He's just, yeah. He just shows up in bits. Yeah. Plus that creepy music plays. So, yeah. Yeah. I like the fact that they draw attention to the fact and actually observe that um, Sporty Spice is the only one who actually gets to dress comfortably. <laughs> yeah, that's the fucking dream, isn't it, mate? <laughs> Get a profession where you just have to wear sports gear everywhere you go. My boss managed it. I think you can too, everyone. <laughs> I enjoy the alien scene because it's mental. <laughs> because it's fucking deranged. Yeah, I mean, the like going to the, the alien just going out and grabbing... Is it is it Jerry's or Mel B's? Yeah, it, was, it was Mel B, wasn't it? It was... Mel B's whilst Jerry looked on. And I've got to say, That's knowing it. subsequently that those two had a bit of a fling mm. in the Spice Girls, there is some chemistry there, if you look carefully. A couple oh, of yeah. looks. If you, look, if you look very carefully. If you look very carefully. If you wank very carefully, then you can certainly <laughs> make something happen. If you, you, you wank the wheat from the chaff. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was the seven-day yeah. seven wank back then. <laughs> and it was... Um, yeah, four day wank. Shit, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Tim Ferriss is very disappointed in your in your wank week. <laughs> Did you manage to successfully tie in wanking with a sort of seventies political concept? No, not this week. Back <laughs> off. Maybe next week. <laughs> so you do it reliably every single week. <laughs> I am trying, Simon. Um, <laughs> yeah, but Simon. the it's there's a, a couple of bits in that scene where yeah, the alien goes out to mm. just very slowly grab Mel B's breast. And then the subtitle mm. underneath is, I told you, shake hands. <laughs> and then it, the then it comes with the other... What does that mean? <laughs> then it comes with the other line, give us a kiss, ginger one. <laughs> Just <laughs> the best writing in the entire fucking movie. And it was subtitles Fantastic. that you missed. <laughs> um, oh, um, I've, look, I've always got time for Hugh Laurie's terrible French accent, which is identical to his terrible German accent, as seen in things like Blackadder. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, I've got a lot of time for that. Oh, Hugh Laurie's write it into my week. Such a fucking great comedic performer. Yeah, just yeah, made me. Just... I just forgot how great Hugh Laurie was. He's just he's <laughs> always always amazing. Even in the fucking Alliance and Leicester ads, he's just always amazing. <laughs> and you just forget that because he's not he's not always around. It was a fun little parody of of outrage culture. The whole Pope Catholic thing. Mm. That was quite cute. Yeah, it was a it fun. Was it was a fun parody of the kind of argument that um, Barry Humphreys would later try to use to escape any sort of responsibility for things he says. Can't, yeah, can't, even, can't even put people down publicly anymore without getting a small amount of feedback. <laughs> freedom, of, freedom of speech. It's not what that means, <laughs> ever. It's not what it's ever meant. <laughs> no, freedom of speech means I'm f- absolutely free from all consequence <laughs> of speech. They, they usually shorten it, but that's, what, that's the full <laughs> version. It's on the Magna Carta. <laughs> it is It is the Magna Carta. <laughs> it's what that was all about. It's what we died for. Mel C did sing really well during My Gang, and she had great eyes. Really good performance, and I really liked that. Um, I liked during the alien scene, the sort of alien ship going, Bram, and someone just shouting, Pack it in, Mel! As if she made yeah. that noise. Just amused me. The, <laughs> the abruptness of it. The timing was good. Yeah. Mel C's bicep in the Mission Impossible spoof. I mean, there's a lot of Mel B related stuff in here, to be honest, but that, she had good biceps in that bit. Oh. And also in the bit where they're sort of improvising possible film ideas, uh, the Bob Hoskins cameo. I like his little hmm as he walks as he walks away. That was. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how that came about. Did she do that in the recording? Did he do it in his thing, and she had to dub it? I don't know, but it's lovely. I liked it. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's a nice little Ooh. at the end there. <laughs> little treat was, for sticking around something like equality between the sexes hmm. yeah that's good good old bob hoskins you see everyone in this i just think oh they were game they were game for that <laughs> god bless i i like that they were game when they're actually sitting around the bed with nicola while she's having a baby it cut to a couple of the spice girls holding her hands mm. and what i really wanted out of that was a visual gag where they were each holding <laughs> her hand but separately so it would cut to about six <laughs> shots of them holding her hand <laughs> A little wide shot of her having like six hands. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's quite like good. you know, like the five corner treehouse in The Simpsons, that kind of thing. Yeah, um, oh, could that would have been, been great. That was a good Zuckerberg. Uh, Zuckerberg Zucker joke. <laughs> he's, Zuckerberg. he's all about that. <laughs> it's a great Mark Zuckerberg joke, man. I can't wait to send it on to him at the next meeting of the incre- people who secretly control the world. <laughs> um, <laughs> you and him. <laughs> it's just me and him and uh, Neil Breen. <laughs> It's quite a dynamic shot of the boat swerving and uh, yeah. people falling into the river. That was really good. And also, um, I think Posh had some really good moments when she was actually in the water. Especially the line that was something like, um, This dress is dry clean only, Melanie! <gasps> Melanie! <laughs> like, there was good emphasis on Melanie and her thing there. Oh, I enjoy the line, Malcolm, it's the Spice Girls. Yes, I had that. It's the Spice Girls for your love. It's very demonic transference, Michael. <laughs> Malcolm. Sorry, Malcolms, but... Malcolm! <laughs> Mental. <laughs> oh, Fucking Stephen loser. Fry says something like... Nor does it have such a wicked, dirty, fat baseline. <laughs> yes. It was very jam. It was, right. For a second there. And I also just like the idea when they're in the pub of a sort of improvisational early Spice Girls where it's like, yeah, we're just jamming, just perfecting the song we've got as if they didn't have like 17 incredibly old men write that song for them when they were assembled. Older the better. <laughs> when, they're, when they're pitching their final story, the meta thing which gets the Spice Girls to the Royal Albert Hall. Yeah. Thankfully. Um, and they're, they're pitching it in there's this action scene. There's a bomb on the bus and they've got to jump a bridge. And as they're setting up this bus jumping tower bridge, the, the the movie producer Norm goes mm, sounds expensive and then it cuts to a, a toy bus yeah. on a on a wire just really craply going over <laughs> a, you know like a paper mache bridge yeah. and then cuts back to them going not necessarily <laughs> that was unexpected that was unexpected it was good That's subverted cool. my expectations oh look at it go it's like the last Jedi bullshit now um... <laughs> fucking an attack on everything we hold sacred. <laughs> Come on, let's re-edit this movie to uh, not feature <laughs> any Spice Girls. You can actually do that relatively easily. Um, okay, yeah, a couple of moments here. Meatloaf really casually just saying, whoa, 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 hold your horses, Mel. Got to me. The dad's hopeful look when um, someone suggests that Jerry takes her top off. And he's just yeah. like, well, that'd be nice. <laughs> would be, wouldn't it? 
Oh, lovely. Wasn't expecting that. Um, yes, I, I enjoyed that whole meta quality of the actual of the writers actually describing what's happening in the film. It was uh, daring. Yeah. Dare I say? I wanted more of that. Like if, yeah. if they'd have had that spirit in most of the film. <laughs> and somewhere in there, um, the writer says, "There's not a dry seat in the house." <laughs> you good. just you you fill in your own liquids, listeners at home. <laughs> That's the fun Anything of the joke. Like. I do, I do quite like the idea of, of watching a Spice Girls that had just that had been edited to remove like all evidence of the Spice Girls. Not because I hate the Spice Girls, but just because it would be just yeah. Re- what like is reveal that movie? shot after reveal shot of, of of celebrities just going, "It's me, and it's me." Don't forget about me. <laughs> At one point, just cutting to Elton John as he goes, "Woof," yeah. <laughs> for no reason. Oh, so just one other thing about the writer is just I really like the whole thing of suddenly they're on top of the bus why and, and they're yeah. just on top of the bus and it's yeah. like how the fuck did this come to be and he does a little quick bit of maths where it's like um wait four? Oh yeah that's right one of them's driving yes there's four on top of the bus yeah he just forgot for a minute that was good it's, it's a very and let me tell you this very rick and morty <laughs> improvise improvise why can't i say improvisation Improvis- <laughs> improvisational yeah i Yay! struggle with that word you do i hate me it's become a yeah, fucking it's... embarrassment to me and this podcast well Mouse. anyway <laughs> I've I've learned from your regimen in the early days that eating a big bready meaty snack before dinner is uh, is not good for vocal clarity. So Mel B snacking doggedly on bacon butters before going on stage every single night is a powerfully <laughs> terrifying <laughs> idea. You ever say you? <laughs> I'll tell you what I <laughs> Ooh, did a big meaty burp there. <laughs> what I really. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about Richard E. Grant, the man who gave the biggest shit about all of this. The whole chief. They've got fire in their eyes, hunger in their bellies, and great big shoes on their feet. Do you want me to go after the paparazzi, chief? I could start kicking your asses if you like. Put a couple of cats among a few pigeons. Watch the feathers fly. Get some blood on the walls! He came, he saw, he conquered. Let's just go through some of the better moments of Richard E. Grant, because I have left them spare here. He looks sure. so tight in that fucking suit early on when he's um I know. He's green suit with black reflective sunglasses. Unimpressed look. Holy shit, oh. not a dry seat in the house. <laughs> you made sure of it. <laughs> I pissed in them all. He is just wonderful. He's whether he's doing that or he's this one scene where he's freaking out and he's just this bundle of awkward angular energy. <laughs> And just bending and screaming in, yeah. in this fucking leather suit that he has. It's just, <laughs> what, what an energy that man has yeah. and brings to this film. He does threatening really well. I like him saying to the Italian guy, your mother. Yeah. <laughs> and when he just single hand chokes the writer for not managing to summon the Spice Girls, it's just really dynamic. Just using one hand to do it. <laughs> yeah. Knowing the guy will have the balls to try and get himself out of that situation and just the, the starry-eyed wonder of him looking in the direction the writer is pointing in as if imagining the screen that he's portraying but also yeah. um when the writer that he's had a bit of a love f- interest thing with yeah uh suggests that they go have incredibly awkward sex he says oh, well God. i'm game if you are and then gives the dirtiest fucking smile you've ever seen on a human being it was oh great. my god it's just foul isn't it it's <laughs> wonderful i i adored that that was um, very good i liked the dynamic between richard e grant and claire rushbrook there oh is that um, who that was they they worked they worked well she was definitely the straight man of the two yeah but um yeah i really like the pair of them together there's one bit where uh, she says to him come on clifford don't you remember being a kid and he just goes, what? It's like, really obnoxious <laughs> in her face. The moment where he genuinely feels bad about telling them that they haven't got the morning off. He's so yeah. earnest. No morning off. I'm sorry. There's too much to get through. Painful how yeah. earnest he is in his disappointment there. Mm. It's palpable. I love it. It's great. And the film opens, you know, like his first line when he's following the Spice Girls out after that performance. And he, you know, he's like, you... You wonderful darlings and he's like oh you weren't even there and he's like I sense the vibes darling I sense the vibes <laughs> it's just from the the, the get go he yeah. just brings this energy to it it's he he is he is often the driving force a consummate professional he is actually he actually is and so are the OGT 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 get the shit out of me <laughs> that's metal mate that's right that's the true punk <laughs> That's the punk legacy right there. It's Heimdall's Dark Victory or whatever it's called. <laughs> Frothgar's Beery Fart. Which is also I, I a wine a, that you can pick I up. I went to like a like an, a Viking bar in Melbourne last night and I'm pretty sure I drank a beer that was called that. 
<laughs> Loki's drippings. <laughs> Loki's crusty beard envy. Katie writes about it. Katie Maiden says, I'm so disappointed in you guys. I thought we were friends. How dare you? And three people liked it, including you. So <laughs> I loved it. I thought it was great. I thought it was what needed to be said. We are scum, but we're doing, we're doing difficult work here. We're doing the Lord's work. Sure are. Somebody needs to take down Spice World, Big Spice World, at this stage. Thank God. Thank God somebody's sticking up for Barry Humphreys. <laughs> Freedom of speech, Paul. We can stick it through we want. So many people and are. And no one's allowed to say anything. <laughs> That's free speech. Um, You're not allowed to complain <laughs> about this. <laughs> Beyond the box set. Says Victoria Beckham gives a masterful comic performance in this movie. And that is a hill we're willing to die on. <laughs> Again, she's had some really good lines. She has. I will leave it at that. Um, <laughs> we have named them. <laughs> Aussie Nerds said, it's super gay. <laughs> Ladies, find your one gay friend and just have a blast. Double features that double feature this with Supergirl or Hocus Pocus, then have a drag show. There's a lot in that. There is in that tweet. That I wish we- I don't know. <laughs> I wish women wouldn't limit themselves exclusively to one gay friend. I've seen it. They'll viciously attack a second gay person who tries to befriend them. It's um, it's frightening and very confusing well- for me and the gays. <laughs> <laughs> All, you've, lots of your friends are the gays. <laughs> well, I so pick I can up. See why that would be difficult. I pick up the dregs, you see. <laughs> but it's. I mean, I think statistically there are still more women than there are men. So be able, you know, be able to have their pick. They should be able to, yeah. you know, literally hold auditions for the woman they'll be the bet the gay friend for, as opposed to figuratively hold auditions. <laughs> 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 I mean, technically, every time I meet any human being, I'm figuratively auditioning them. Also, literally. This is confusing terminology. I don't, I don't like it anymore, OED. I don't <laughs> like what you've done with the language lately. Throw it out, punk rock. Yeah, you pick up the guitar. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter if it's shit. <laughs> that um, was punk. You know what I like? Oh, well, seeing double friends. Yeah. So it is very apt that they would contribute to this. Yes. So many things they said. Peak 90s aesthetic. Richard E. Grant gives the performance of his life. Fuck Doesn't yeah. take itself too seriously, which means the comedy ages all, all right. <laughs> ages all right. Ages um, all right. <laughs> How's the wine? That's... <laughs> it's all right that's, I'll, I'll take that um plus cutting to the toy bus during the tower bridge stunt still makes me giggle yeah it's very funny ah thanks sophie and it's true it made me giggle <laughs> in spite of my own rage <laughs> you were giggling angrily chris attaway from revisited ah. says tardis bus i agree oh yes actually that's one good thing i wanted to mention is the design of the bus interior is actually pretty fucking good it's certainly out there yeah it's a very bizarre aesthetic, yeah. but I liked it. It reminded me yeah. of like a, it was like Mister Freeze's layer from Batman vs. Batman and Robin. Batman vs. Robin, you remember that? <laughs> that film was effectively Batman vs. Robin. <laughs> it kind of was. For Uma Thurman's vagina. <laughs> vagina. Thanks, OG team. Thank you, OG team. Right, one better thing. The one better thing. My one better thing. I thought about. You see, the thing is, these are... The the problem with Spice World is that they didn't necessarily very successfully blend the Spice Girls into the non-musical aspects of the film. So I started to think about directors who did manage to get very good mm. dramatic performances out of uh, performers. And I don't think anyone did it quite like Nicholas Rogue, who mm. worked with Mick Jagger in performance and Art Garfunkel in... Um, bad timing and with both of them they managed to actually use their personas their musical kind of acts Mm. without them actually performing in the films to emphasize the character you know certainly Mick Jagger was this sort of oversexed countercultural icon in performance and that's obviously something that comes quite naturally to him so he really Mm. blends the character into the work and he never did it better than in The Man Who Fell to Earth starring David Bowie Cool. And also you've got an alien connection in there inexplicably. It's about um, David Bowie plays a guy named Thomas Jerome Newton who falls to Earth mm. um, looking for a way of getting water back to his planet where there was this terrifying drought. And uh, he soon, however, becomes distracted from his mission when he becomes addicted to alcohol and television. And uh, soon, once the secret gets out that he's actually an alien, he ends up interred and... Yeah, we go from there. That's pretty much the plot of most of the movie. I'm just sparing you the um, climax there. But where this film is so exceptional is in Rogue's commitment to visual storytelling. Uh, The editing of the film is absolutely extraordinary as we jump ahead vast periods of time in single edits and 
You're just left to sort of infer what's happened in the meantime. A very simple story, really beautifully told, and you've got incredible performances from like a young Rip Torn. Candy Clark's very good as well, but David Bowie is the lead, and that sort of ephemeral otherworldliness of him, that kind of androgynous strangeness to the man, and the kind of fragility all uh, of the actual David Bowie all comes into play to make this a really exceptional character. He's, as a character, someone who really values and craves privacy um, and mm. solitude, but seems unhappy in it. And I don't know, just the otherness of David Bowie, the man, and his extraordinary beauty. He's beautiful in this film. He's got this shock of red hair. He's very lean. Yeah. Um, he's got this lean sort of... Mean. Yeah, lean and, and mean. And totally off his face on coke as well. It's a fantastic film. Bowie was originally, apparently at some stage, meant to do the music as well, but was too coked up to actually do it. So it was done by John Phillips of the Mamas and the Papas, with contributions by Stomu Yamashita, uh, the mm. um, conceptual artist. So there's some really interesting soundtrack stuff going on. Beautifully shot, beautifully directed, beautifully acted. It's a really good Great. film. There was a period, apparently, in David Bowie's life where um, he would just have cocaine in diff- in every corner of the re- recording studio so that he wouldn't have to move. <laughs> so he, he woun't have to remember what room. corner it was in. Yeah. <laughs> just go to a yeah, corner you just, and you'll get cocaine. You just find a corner and have the coke. <laughs> I'd be really distressing if that was during his best period. I hate it because <laughs> Stephen King definitely wrote his best stuff when he was dangerously and problematically drunk. You don't know quite what to say about that. I th- yeah, I, I think I'm it's so just... glad you recovered. But <laughs> no, I'm glad you got your life back together and that you're actually, you know, happy now at last. Having said that, Doctor Sleep wasn't up to much, was it? <laughs> when was the last time that you know you really gave a shit? <laughs> oh, it was when I was on drugs. Definitely, that's not. Tr- that's absolutely not true. It might be true for Stephen King. It's definitely not true for Bowie, who was amazing throughout. Yeah. Yeah. Beginning to end. <laughs> top to turvy. Oh, t- excuse me. What was it? <laughs> I said top to turvy. I don't know what it meant. <laughs> You're spending a lot of time in the corner if you catch my drift. <laughs> Skip to the corner. The commitments. Oh, yeah, that'll do. Yeah. Whatever. Who gives a fuck? Who <laughs> fucking cares right now? Who <laughs> fucking cares? Fucking pricks. Get them out of here. <laughs> it's not really going the, not going the meta route, but it's a fucking solid... Uh, musical comedy drama based on the Roddy Doyle novel. It's just full of soul. Really, the music is the the key. It is the spine of this lovely film. And it's it's funny and it's charming and mm. yeah, has it has a plot and a through line um, and <laughs> just really fucking memorable songs. Yeah. Just really wonderful performances that dads can sing at karaoke forever. <laughs> Good stuff. Yeah, just just one. It just comes from that. It's a similar sort of era, as, as far as I can remember, as like Brassed Off and, and The Full Monty and that kind of mm. thing. Like really soulful British or, you know, not British in the case of The Commitments, but, you know, from that, that kind of era and that kind of yeah. place and that kind of heart just uh, speaks a certain time that um, where if you if you just forget all the really bad shit happening politically all the, all the time in England, <laughs> um, Gotta it's, do that. it's pretty good nostalgia. Good stuff. And obviously we've skewed the sort of more po- more obvious comparisons there, you know, as Roger Ebert did, the um, Hard Day's Night, obviously a sort of better poppy version of um, what they were going for with Spice mm. World. And um, this is Spinal Tap. It's the only movie, comedic movie about music and gigging that ever needed to be made. So there is, yeah. of course, that. Okay, that was the one better thing. The one better thing. Paul, how can people find out about the one good thing? They can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at OGTPod. Keep an eye out on all of these platforms because we uh, put a call out to the OG team um, most of the time. So <laughs> We um, sometimes remember. <laughs> keep, watch, keep watching those skies. I'm, I'm working more than 30 hours a week now, and it's hell. We exist. We exist. If you wanna if you wanna send us an email, you can do so ogtpod at gmail You can find us on um, the platform that you are currently listening to us on. But if you fancy a change, if you if you fancy a cheeky change, change your platform. You can do do so and find us on iTunes. Yeah, a little pa- you can have a platform party. iTunes, Podbean, <laughs> Stitcher, YouTube. Platforms are and, your friends. Yes, mind the gap. <laughs> um, but you know the the gap in <clears throat> understanding that is required to get our unique brand of comedy which is what got us a place 
only a lot of Green Network Fuck yeah. proud members of this and featuring other very great Australian podcasts. Just go and find us and them on a lot of green dot com dot out. And bye. Oh, sorry about that. <laughs> Alone, welcome to one good thing, the podcast that Okay. <laughs> I had the weirdest dream. <laughs> that we talked about some there. fucking movie with Richard Briers and aliens in it. I have no idea what you're talking about, mate. <laughs> and you were there, Bob Hoskins. And you were there. <laughs> fucking Bob Geldof. <laughs> All the Bobs. All the Bobs, mate. Bits and Bobs. That's all of them. I'm Paul Bits. I'm too Bob. <laughs> Remember, one good thing about Spice World is that Richard E. Grant really, really cared about Spice World. I thought you were going to say, is that Richard E. Grant was in it. <laughs> <laughs> is that Richard E. Grant... <laughs>